Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's welcome in Coach Prevost, uh, all-line coach from the University of South Dakota. Coach, welcome on again. Thank you for yeah, doing, this, doing this so quick. For sure, yeah. Thanks for having me, Coach Steve. Um, like I said, you come highly recommended from Coach Banster. I have to put that out there. So so if you make his list, you've made it. You've made it. <laughs> you have to ask my wife if I made it or not. I don't know about that. So <laughs> sure. You'll see me making it while I'm vacuuming in my living room. Um, that's that's why I always like to tell people. Hey, this is my day off, so I'm allowed to do this, and then I also have to go do some stuff around here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way it works, right? Everyone's like, "Oh, you coach football?" Yeah, I do, and and I'm also a husband, right? Because <laughs> the past two days we've had a seven on seven and lineman challenge. The last two days that the Bears run, the Chicago Bears run it. Okay, and it's at a high school. There were sixteen teams there. I got to do that, you know, from like 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. both days. Then I come home. I'm sunburned. I got the farmer's tan. I've got the white feet going on with the the, the calves being tan. I got to do that. So today's my day off. But it's like, well, since you're home. Yeah. So, Coach Steve, you bring up a very valid point. 
the, and, and I love the way you say it. I get to. And that's what I tell my guys all the time. This is a get to thing, not a got to thing. Right. And it's very funny as coaches, like our hobby, like, yeah, I like playing golf and doing other things. But truthfully, part of our job is our hobby. Like right. you just went and watched high school kids at a seven on seven tournament to do your job. Like I just had an official visits camp. So I'm like, I've been gone for a week. So now I got stuff to do when I get home because, well, you've been gone doing whatever. Like, yeah, like I've been like, it's what pays our bills is, right. is this job. But we have such a great job. It's a hobby. So that also punishes us at home. And I try to use that against my wife. And I see hopefully some of the other coaches are like, yeah, I, I don't don't try it with your wife now because you will lose. <laughs> lost every time. But between us in this circle, all right, we, we, it works. It works. Yes. Uh, but it's okay. Like, and the funny part was I coached all three sports, football, basketball, baseball, all three at different high schools, mind you, all three at different ones. <laughs> so I said the summer will be slower because I won't be gone 7 a.m. Yeah. to three working and then doing practice or a game. Well, of course, basketball and football are going on in June. So I'm gone still eight hours. Well, I thought the summer was less. And I said, don't yeah. worry. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have nothing. It's just Monday through Thursday. <laughs> oh, good. But you're right. Like, Well, now you're doing podcasts. Yeah, I started, the, I started this. Uh, <laughs> I started this February of 2020, and then COVID hit, and then there was no sports to talk about because I wanted just to talk about sports. And then other coaches were like on Twitter, and one uh, said – how do you start a podcast? So I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, you just, just decide to start it. Then they all started getting involved, getting coaches on. I said, well, hell I'm going to get coaches on and just, that's what I've been doing. And so last year I got to do it in the spring because I wasn't as busy. And then I do baseball and now I'm like, I have no time. And mm -hmm. but yeah, I do podcasts, but this is like an hour of my time. If the, you yeah. know, it doesn't bother me. So you were actually into the podcasts before podcasts came became cool at the end of February, beginning of March 2020. I, I guess there was others doing it. Like I saw other high school coaches, like Coach Mackey was a big one I watched. Um, yep. Coach Hallball, uh, um, he does the Chief Pigskin stuff. Um, he was a head coach at a high school against me when I was in high school, so like I I knew who he was. So I saw mm -hmm. them do it, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to do that. And yeah. then, then I was like, you know, I just like talking sports. You know, I like talking, not necessarily football. I like talking everything. So I was like, that's what I'll do. And then, of course, I think I caused COVID because once I did that, then COVID hits. And it's like, well, Steve, now there's no sports to talk about. There's nothing going right. on. So I had to take the blame. I was like, well, maybe it's because I started one. Yeah, you, you literally started a worldwide pandemic with your podcast. Yes, I did. And yeah, it, that's, whew, that's a lot of weight to bear. That's okay. I'm tall. I got broad shoulders. It's, it's all, all, all good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like podcasts were already kind of going on, and then I jumped on it, and then everybody else jumped on it, and then some, like Coach Banster, he did like right after I did. That's how I met him. Was through mm -hmm. uh, coaches doing this. Then his took off, and I'm still here. His took off, yeah. but I'm right here. But that guy's crazy. He did like for a day or so and i was like yeah no I, I i i don't know him that great i imagine he can't be married with kids if not it won't last long oh he is he's he's married with a kid wild like i don't know how he's getting i don't know how he's getting away with this and he's a head football coach now this will be his second year yeah yeah so good for him man oh yeah so what, what are you are you in danville is that correct that area i grew up by there okay. i i grew up where champagne and danville are Right yep. dab in the middle, almost right now. Okay. Uh, but now I live in the suburbs. I live up okay. in, up in Naperville. Okay. But yes, uh, nobody's asked me that. Like by Danville, nobody knows what Danville is. That oh, great... I, well, I worked at Western Illinois for three years. Okay. And my first uh, full time job was there, so I GA'd at Duluth, and then hired got hired at Western Illinois. And since there is no football in Central Illinois that's any good outside of Rochester and Sacred Heart. Um, they gave me that area to recruit, obviously. Right. So like, I'm like looking at, you know, high school preps. I'm like this Danville team had a bunch of good records, but they're just really well coached. They didn't have actually good players. And then I went to the Decatur schools. That was an experience, you know, yep. coming from a 
small town, small town to, uh, that's a different style of life than I was used to. So it was a good learning experience that that central part of the state gives you a little bit of flavor of the world. Yes. Um, it is. Uh, but yeah, that's how I know where Danville is. That's, that's how I became accustomed to it. Yeah. That's crazy. Nobody knows. I have to like, I went to Eastern Illinois for college and even that you met a lot of people from the suburbs of Chicago. And so when they say, where are you from? I can't tell them the small little town I'm from because they don't know what that is. So I have to say champagne. Really? I have to say like, oh, buy champagne. And they're like, oh, you of I. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and if you say Danville, they go, I don't know what that is. You know, so I have to, I have to say champagne. Um, but it was the same thing with Chicago people. They couldn't say Naperville. I didn't know. What Nap- I, I was like, I don't know where that is. You know, growing up in Central Illinois. I don't know. So they say Chicago. So Eastern Illinois, home of Jimmy John's. Home of Jimmy John's. Yes. Yeah. I'm full of a lot of useless information, Coach Steve. You'll find this out. Well, that's where uh, that happened. That's where Jimmy G went. That's where Tony Romo went. And people are like, what? I'm like, Sean Payton was there before. He would go out there and show – he visit visit all the time. I mean, the coaches that they've had there, like either coach and or play there, is incredible. Yes. Shanahan. Yeah. It's like a quarterback's dream in there. Yeah. Uh, I actually helped out with spring ball when Babers was there. And, okay. and Jimmy G, I walked on for a year, got my got my ass kicked. And I was like, "That's enough!" Like it was. Yeah. So when we were at Western, we played uh, Babers when we were they they came to uh, Macomb. Mm-hmm. We won. They weren't very good, but yeah, uh, that was before Jimmy G got got going. <laughs> yeah, Coach Boo was there. They struggled for the last few years. Uh, and then Baber shows up, and immediately they win the conference two years in a row. Uh, then they saw the writing on the wall with Illinois budget cuts, and so he's like, got offered that Division One job. He goes, "I'm gone," and everybody yeah. left. And well, as an old line coach, and all good old line coaches know this. I mean, and all good coaches know this. I coach football. All the rest of us, we can coach our butts off, but once you get a good quarterback, man, you are a way better football coach. All of us are better. Yes, immediately. Yeah, because he was there for – because Babers got there his third year. So his junior year is when Babers showed up. So before that, we had big off that big offensive lineman, pro style, run the ball. Then Babers got there, you know, and there, he brought that Baylor offense. And Jimmy could run a little bit, but not the way that that offense is designed to run. And I'll never forget, talking to some old linemen, they go, man, we have to run all the time. That ball is snapped in 10 seconds. They're not used to this because they were, you know, 310 pounds or whatever trying to run and move and but they also said but man if he can get rid of the ball quick it doesn't matter like it makes Mm -hmm. our life a lot easier so it is a good point when you get a guy that can just get rid of the ball your life's so much easier so so we're a tempo team Mm -hmm. um and we sent the ball as fast as humanly possible uh and we uh i don't have a lineman under 310 like my right guard is 358 wow yeah so he gets tired but he, he goes the whole time so when you start playing 90 plays in the game, you know, and uh, like our center was 360. So, the, yeah, we got some we got some large humans. Well, so. like what, what Babers ran into was you're dealing with linemen that have done that pro style for so long where they're huddling up. Now you're making them run. And they're not – that very first year they weren't used to it. 100%. There's so much There's so much that goes into it. Like it's like we just got our freshman here. Right. If you just make them do the stuff that's uncomfortable right away, it's like they don't know any different. Like, okay, I guess this sucks, yes. but we, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's really hard when you take over a spot and then now you start asking guys to do things that are more difficult than they've done in the past, mm-hmm. especially if they've had success in the past. To get them to buy into what you're doing is really, really tough. Right. Um, so you guys being up-tempo with O-linemen, do you keep your individual drills that same tempo? So it's just all free yeah. flowing into the same thing. Yeah. So like we start practice every day with like, uh, we call it like a double domination drill, two guys on one, but I have them huddle up. Hey, we're going to go to work today because you know how it is, man. You have to give guys this day and age of pep talk literally every other moment. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it, you can say, well, it's ridiculous. We have to, or you can just not do it and get fired. Those are your two choices. Right. Um, but and then I'll actually, after they break down, like to get like the tempo of practice going, they have to line up the drill before I turn back around. So like I'm ready to go. Otherwise I just blow the whistle. We do push ups and start practice over. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
because there was one high school I was at. We want they wanted to be up tempo and but I was offense coordinator, so I was kind of forced into being like, well, because Baber, I was coaching at Charleston High School where Eastern is, so Babers mm-hmm. was there. So I guess the big craze was, well, we got to do this. And I try to tell the, the coaches there, like, I watched spring ball. I volunteered my time for spring ball. He has a stopwatch. You're snapping that ball 10, 12 seconds. There was one time, I'll never forget it, three times in a row they snapped the ball at 15 seconds. He threw a fit. He was like, we're moving too slow. So they said, Steve, let's be up-tempo. And I try to tell him, like, okay, well, here's what has to happen. All these drills have to be boom, boom, boom. They can't be slow. Well, the other thing you, you have to – I think it's harder as you go lower and level lower in finances right. because every coach wants to coach. Well, if you want to be an up-tempo team, you're good at it. You don't get to coach while the kids are on the field. You don't coach between plays. The coaching you do between plays is like wrangling cattle. Like you're chasing them to the line of scrimmage. You're like, that's really what you're doing. Like all your coaching points take place on film or when they get done with their series, there is no in drive coaching. Right. Um, and that's hard for some coaches to do. Like they, they have a hard time adapting to not making those corrections. Well, you can't. And then you also have to teach your kids how to self-correct a little bit um, and self-adjust because, okay, well, if we need to slow down to fix something, now we're compromising really the foundation that we set our offense on. Right. And then like for you guys, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you have spring ball to get adjusted to what the drills you're going to do in the summer. So even in the season – they kind of already know what's happening. Like, yeah. And it's easy for yeah. them. Yeah. Like, and, and we, and we over exaggerate it. So like he would do eight to 10, like, I feel bad for a defense. We're snapping the ball sometimes in like four seconds. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't like the officials make you hold it. So like when we get into games as a coach, it's almost like, let's go. Right. Because like we're snapping the ball way quicker than, cause we'll start off doing them on air. And literally, like, uh, as coaches, we're getting the ball back, putting it down as fast as possible, sprinting, snapping. And then we get in the team reps, and we have our equipment guys do it. Once they put the ball down, they leave. Um, you know, and the other, there, there's the other hard part is, too, when you get into, like, four-minute situations, like, as coaching, you're like, oh, my gosh. But players get that way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they lose a little bit. Like, they've been trained to go, 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 go. It's really hard for them to go wait 25 seconds and then go again. Right. So there, there's some disadvantages to it without question. Yeah. Uh, but then what would happen was they said, okay. And I was off its coordinator, so you have to figure out how to signal it in as quickly as possible and all that stuff. Yep. Well, then I look over and I'm watching individual drills and they're stopping and breaking it down. And I said, <laughs> well, okay, well, here's, here's the issue. You want to go fast, but you can't have these drills be stopped, explained, and everything else. And they said, well, then, but we're supposed to coach and fix it. And I said, I, I know, but we're making this decision. We can't do this. You know, I act like I was smart at the time. I was a young offense coordinator. I'm like, but this is the problem. Mm-hmm. And then quickly realized, well, maybe we're just not an up-tempo team then. Maybe they're not <laughs> ready for it. And I had to bring that up. And there were times where, well, Steve, get the ball signaling quick. I'm like, no, no. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other yeah. old school I was at. But, yeah, that was when up tempo was coming huge at the time because that was 2014 or so. Like that yeah. was when it was creeping into the high schools and going yeah. up tempo and everything else. And then I said, if, I said, or we can go up tempo and only have two plays or two run plays and like three pass games when we want to go fast. This is all I'm calling. Yeah. You know? So all those false, uh, the false historians all like give it to like Chip Kelly in Oregon, but. Anyone that knows a real football knows that it started with Bowden and Rick at Florida State in the uh-huh. Charlie Ward area in the, in the mid-90s. And uh, if you ever read uh, Mark Rick's book, it's pretty good. Not much of a, like, over-the-top religious guy, but it's a good read for some of the other things. And he talks about um, – he goes – they just decided to go two-minute towards the end of the game they were losing, and Charlie Ward came in and did a great job. Okay. And then they are getting their ass kicked, and – so they transitioned to it like in the middle of the second or third quarter versus Florida, and they win the game. They just they didn't have an answer for it. So he was ready to go just back to the regular offense like always, under center, palm the rock, power eye. And his wife's like, well, why don't you just do that all the time? Like, And, and it, like that's when it dawned on him. His life. wife's like, like, you just – it seems really silly not to do what he's good at. And right. So that's how, that's how this up-tempo trend started was – 
with Mark Rick's wife. So if everyone really wants to give credit, uh, she is responsible for the up-tempo craze of college football. <laughs> She's the reason why. Uh, yes. And then who who kind of did the RPO stuff? I can't remember who started that either. Uh, uh, I don't know who started it, but it was, I mean, Oregon was huge in it. They get a lot of the credit for it, even with their up-tempo. Um, and that's where you had like all the fade balls where they run the receiver off the sideline uh-huh. uh, and bring the other one in like a NASCAR pit crew. So that, that got the substitution rules to change. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. I heard Holgerson was kind of like, hey. He's huge into it. Yeah, yep, Dana's huge into it. Um, then I know our Barb Bryles. I, don't, I know that's probably taboo to say his name, but he was doing – some of that a lot of choice yeah, routes yeah. though again that run and shoot stuff combined in that i mean he just made some bad decisions doesn't mean he's a bad football coach you know? yeah i mean it's not like he doesn't know <laughs> offense yeah i mean look at his son look what he's doing at all yeah, his son knows doing, fine. doing just good no uh yeah i can't remember i was just see i'll venture off into weird things it's joe no, Rogan's guy adventures off i i uh so I, re- I get, have you ever had too much information and then? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You like put in a box somewhere in your head, and someone, oh, always. someone told me this. It's like a garage. Guys' minds are like garages. You get all this yep. stuff, put it in a box, you put it on the shelf, and then yep. sometimes you'll forget that that box is even there. You'll forget yeah. what's there. And sometimes you put like stuff that you need that go together in multiple boxes, and you yes. can't pull them all from the same. You just can only find some of it. Right. That's that's what my brain is. I, I get too much you, football information. You just have to know when this show starts to suck so bad, like you have to have, you have to have the courage to be like, Coach Rios, get off of here. You're actually, you're actually ruining entertainment right now. This is not a big time show at all. So it's not going to be because of you. It'll be because of me. They'll be like. So we can, so we can destroy the entertainment world and then nobody's going to notice. No, no, nobody. No. So, so you just put these headphones on and made it sound like we're having a podcast when really me and you are just having a Zoom conversation. We're having a Zoom conversation about, <laughs> I, I found, I found during, especially COVID and all that stuff, this was like therapy for a lot of people. Like there were some guys I talked to and at the end, they're like, thank you. Cause this was fun. And then like some I would talk to, um, I'll never forget. It was, um, coach Coughlin. He's the D line coach at Langley community college. Yep. And I talked to him, and at the end, he goes, because of our COVID rules, this is the first time I've talked ball in like a month. With yeah. Him. And so. It was tough. Yeah. I mean, I got really good at golf during COVID. I was killing it. So, golf, yeah. golf is the hardest sport I've ever had to try to do in my entire life. We took our, uh, we took all of our old linemen and running backs out for golf lessons Wednesday. And uh, that was interesting. Running backs, I found, are really poor golfers for the most part. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's. That is not their cup of tea. Were you guys like, because every state was different, were you guys like really strict rules when it came no, to that? No, this is like the most Republican state in the union. Like other people, like I have family in Minnesota and stuff. My wife's family's from Wisconsin. Be like, it's like COVID never even happened here. Mm-hmm. Like our restaurants closed down for like a week. Like you, there was never a bar. There's always a bar open you could go to here. Like right. that, like life, like we had some different rules and it was tough a little bit in that early spring, like the March and April where right. like, but like our kids didn't have access to the weight room for like three weeks total. Oh, okay. Like then they had to like go in shifts and, but like, no, we were, we were not near as. Like Illinois, like Illinois yeah. was. Oh yeah. It was like, honestly, it wasn't for me my life besides work. Like the thing with COVID, I felt really bad for college kids and high school kids. You know, when you have wife and kids and like, yeah, our careers revolve around that. And that part was enforced with the majority of like older people. Their life doesn't change a lot. Like 
once you have kids, you don't do anything anyways. Like you work, you come home, you hang out with your family, you go to bed, you do it again the next day. Like, right. So, you know, uh, honestly, it's probably good for a lot of people to get to spend more time with your kids. I know I got to see my kids like, um, and man, I, I am, I am completely convinced of this. I love being a father, but childcare is a totally different animal. Like <laughs> be at home with my kids all day like bless the souls of the people that do that right you know um but so we actually hired one of my players as our manny so he's like part of our COVID family and my wife said we really just overpaid him because he didn't like change diapers to a little daughter or cook dinner so my wife was still doing all this stuff <laughs> she said we basically overpaid him to play with my son and myself to keep us busy during COVID. <laughs> so yeah we illinois was on like total total like lockdown but illinois is a very strange state as you know like it's so different people up here they don't know anything south of i-80 south of i-80 to them is southern illinois which is Mm -hmm. just cut it off so parts of illinois were different i knew high schools that were full full go in the summer that summer and they were throwing football around they were doing this even though it was breaking the rules i'm not going to say who did it i just know for a fact it was happening yeah. And then they were going to the weight room. They were doing this. And then we're up here and it was, you can't even look at somebody. You, you, yeah, well, you weren't even allowed to do that. Um, yeah, it's because you guys are all on top of each other. Right. Like <laughs> we weren't allowed to do that. And then some district said you could go into the weight room. I just threw my pen. And then some said, well, you could be outside. So get the weights outside. So you pull all the weights outside and spray them down. And then you lift outside and you got to put them back. And, Whatever, I'm not going to get political with it. It was just a lot of things happening. And now, and then the funny part was that fall of next summer, go back to normal. That was the whole thing. Like, yeah. it was, we're right back. It was, I, I couldn't agree more. So, like, the, what was it? So, we had the first summer, but then the summer of 21, like, when we first started having camps, because people were still masking and stuff like that all the way through the spring. And even like in the fall, we were wearing masks on trips. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, we have uh, we had a camp. like, And these kids come from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so then we start off with 40 or 50 guest coaches, Division two, Division three schools. All of us are sitting in our team room, which we don't let our team sit in there. Like we went shifts, right. like with team being showers, the whole works. But then the next day after doing that, we have all these guys in there. Then we have 250 kids all inside the dome. And we're shaking all these kids' hands. I'm like, it's like the COVID never had one person has COVID here. We're all going down. Right. Like, it's just like in a blink of an eye. Okay, I guess this is okay now. Well, because like Illinois, we had all of our seasons in that spring. So they kept kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road. And then end of January, they said, okay, here we go. Start with basketball first. Mm-hmm. And then there was an overlap. You would have a week and a half overlap of the next sport. So the next sport was football. So with that week and a half, you're trying to practice football, but they're still playing basketball games. Mm-hmm. Then when football, at the end of football, that week and a half, you have baseball and track going on. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a cluster. But between the end of January, beginning of June, all all those sports happened at once. And it's I coached. hard, too, especially in those smaller schools where those coaches coach all three and like, like you. That, yeah. Like, the, I can't imagine the organizational factor or like those coaches that are ADs that are trying to now make all these scheduling changes, but yet they have coaching responsibilities. Yeah, the, the bigger schools up here in the suburbs, like the school I coach at is maybe 2,000 kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. We're, we're struggling to get football like numbers up in sports. But there's some schools mm-hmm. here that don't struggle with that. They were fine. But where I grew up, where my high school had 300 kids, and those type, if you're doing all three sports, they were like, we can't have this overlap because it's going to kill the sports because these kids have to choose yeah. like which one they're going to do. So it was a cluster. And then... For me, I got done with – I was coaching track at the time. I got done June 4th, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they said, okay, June 7th, football starts back up. In the summer, everything's back to normal. So we had to, like, go back to normal. So mm-hmm. June 7th, football starts. And then, like, June 9th, we had basketball camps again. So everything was just – like, it never happened. Uh, <laughs> summer shootouts, they had to wear masks for a while, and then they said, we're done with that. So that yeah. whole summer was normal until we started school, and then the masks came back and – <laughs> then halfway through school, they get, they said it was fine. So, again, not political. It was just weird how how quickly it was back to normal. And we just I was went in back. the high school in Iowa, 
uh, during junior recruiting. And it was, I was there at like 7.15 talking to the high school coach. Seven, and there's people on top of each other, big high school, uh, and they're all wearing masks. Uh, or nobody's wearing a mask, and they're all on top of each other. This bell rings at 7.30, and, like, you would have thought, like, it was a calling. Everybody digs in their pocket, their bags, like, and digs out a mask. And I'm like, look at the coach. And I always carried my pocket just in case. He's like, yeah, COVID doesn't start here until uh, 7.30, and then we enforce it. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. I better stop talking about it before I get in trouble because I know how people are. But anyway. Um, All right, you just told us no one's listening to this anyway. So I mean, what's the... Some people do. <laughs> it depends. Um, but yeah, that's the, the, the podcast thing just it kind of became like therapy and it still kind of is. Like I talk to coaches in the summer and they love it because like I'm talking to somebody different. Uh, maybe I can give whatever I have out. So it was pretty good to start this. I just I didn't know how much time. We were talking about Coach Bancher doing three a day. That happened to me last summer. There was times I was doing ten a week just to try to record with people. And then yeah. I wasn't going to do a spring sport originally this year. And I was like, I'm just going to do podcasts. I can get a hold of coaches easier. I can do this. And I started coaching baseball. And then I realized there was no time. Yeah. Unless people wanted well, to jump on at nine at night. It wasn't happening. Well, and the other thing is, is like – those podcasts are, are what they are, but they're, if the person's sweet to talk to, awesome. But if you're like a shitty person, I'm just dragging on, crappy person. You're just dragging on forever trying to get him to say something. And you're just like, so just brought you on here to talk to myself? Or? Right. Sometimes that's me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so for you guys, you're setting up tempo, zoom and spread. Yep. Um what do you guys marry in your run game? Like, what's the main run game yeah. for you guys? Um, you know, we're like, we have what we call our four core. Um, and, and it's like, which are inside zone, uh, mid zone, and then we have power and counter. Um, and then off of that, uh, we have all different kinds of tags and we run the different kinds of power, the different kinds of counter. We have four or five different zones. Um, and we have tags off our mid zone, but like we have a true four core of inside mid zone and then uh, power counter. Now for your guys as different zones, because I was dabbling with this, with the school I'm at now, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't tell them like this and this are the same, but they're not the same, you know, like mid zone and inside zone, like they're a little different. Mm -hmm. um, is it mainly like your mid zone is more double team? oriented rather than the other one are they both similar no, like some people look at our inside zone and like it would be the old argument like oh that's duo i'm like i don't really know what duo is <laughs> like at this point like i'm just like i don't know this is how we call it inside zone if you want to call it duo i don't give two shits how you break it down right i don't know if i'm supposed to swear in here but um so like for us you know there, there are certain things like when we run inside zone we're trying to horizontally expand the front side um, so we'll go, I talk to those guys, Hey, their aiming points and that's where they want to drive their hands and eyes through is going to be the sternum. And then they can fall back to the backside number because they want to win their hips with a strong backside hip, um, and a final shove at the end of the play on the backside, their aiming point is the sternum and they're trying to win vertical push. Now, if we're running zone, right, this is what we're trying to create. It's really like ISO okay. without a lead blocker. Um, we're trying to create horizontal distortion front side. And then we're trying to kick the crap out of the double team on the backside. Um, you know, we're the com we'll still combo the play side, but the combo's like flat. The guys like teeing them up, push the hip over, and just get it out. Or then we're trying to get vertical on the front side. The front side of um, mid zone, we really, we ideally, the, the best thing to run into, like I, I love teams. And when we get in 10 personal sets, they give us a 4 1 box. And then play the three techniques to the back, like, oh, please. Right. Like, it's just like, it's like you guys want me to run the ball. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't understand this day. There's like two things on defense I don't get. Like, why you would ever line up in a 4-1 box with a three to the back and give everybody all their run game that they want. And why any def defensive coordinator ever runs gut cross. 
I think that is the dumbest blitz of all time. Like, first and foremost, there's not a whole lineman in the country. It's like the only blitz defenses have never figured out, like, to not show. Right. Like, you, you've watched a bunch of film, and you, there's a lot of blitzes they don't show. You Anybody that's watched any lick of football can look at, oh, that's got cross, got cross, got cross. I coach defense for all. Same thing. You can't get the backers to stop. Like, we have a check. Like, we'll check something, a purpose. I'm not going to say that in here, but a purposeful call to that because it's easy. Right. Like, those are, so that was a tangent. Sorry. No, it's but okay. Those are the two things. Like, I've never understood defensively why people do those things. But so we're trying to really, um, we now play side, we have a play side number aiming point. Uh, and we man the play side tackle. And we talked to him about his block angles through, through the backside hip to the play side number so he can defend his inside. And he wants to get him what we call on a base finish, which is his hips are about 45 degrees mm-hmm. um, back play side. But if the guy runs, then he'll move the point outside. Uh, and then a vertical combo um, on the with the play side guard and center. And then we open and run to seal the backside. So, like, when we broke it down, we actually took the play side of it from Old Miss. The middle three of it is from Michigan. And the backside of it is from uh, Western Kentucky. Okay. So. So I'm really dumb, so I break things down very simply. So similar, because I am putting in wide zone this year, so I have to like, so in a way, to me, your front side almost looks that way-ish, like your tackle. He's just turning and trying to get him off to open up the hole. Everybody else is double teaming. Yeah. So. I told you I was dumb. But. No, it's all right. I, I did a poor job. Here, let, let, I'm going to do this. This will be easier rather than me. See, now people start listening. This is yeah, what's no going to happen. See all my shit. <laughs> That's all right. You see that? Yes. All right. We have more camera angles than anyone in the country, so bear with us. This is another camera after you've already seen the three camera angles. All right. So here they line up like, oh, perfect, right? Right. So now we're running our mid zone. So we're talking about him. He's going to base block. So his aiming point, and we talk about we want lateral bucket, and we call a bucket actually a vertical step. We're different than other people that way. I actually want him to step through the bucket. Um, and his aiming point is the play side number through the guy's backside hip because he's manned. Gotcha. Okay. He is going to load vertical step, and we talk about wanting to break our collarbone in his hip crease. All right. And then he'll angle out to the backer. He's going to open drop step. He wants to attach his left hip to the guard's right hip to finish on a base combo. He also wants to finish on that base. And then these guys will open, drop, seal, and he'll actually seal, sift if he's not getting pressure from the end. Where if we were running mid zone, so or regular zone, now we always call our combo out one. All right. So he's really vertical. He takes over and they're vertical to trigger this. He like I tell this guy, do not touch him. He's trying to get him this way. He'll go tee this guy up, bang it, and then climb. Okay. So like this is an example of like our mid zone. I, I said, I don't know if this is good or not, but these are just some more combos. Like right there. So the tackle goes inside. I want to get to that play side number aiming point. And then what we teach our back is open and close window. So open windows right here. Right. All right. If this guy were to keep playing outside and he had to run with them, which we'll see some of those. Now it's a closed window. So then you just take your first time, you take the open window until a window closes, and then you take the next open window. Okay. Like here, here a left guard does a decent job getting vertical, but he t- doesn't do a good job getting off the hold. But the center does a good job trying to get over. And like here, the, this is a bad read by the back. Open window, he needs to blow this off the play side. Right. I'm pretty sure you got face master. I'm not for certain. Maybe. But you're getting the same thing here. 
So we always talk about big thing is this guy, I want him to take. So the more this guy is, the more it's going to be vertical. He's taking this combo to his backer. Okay. So he works his hips to try to win the block, seal, seal, and we're off. We end up throwing this one. Like here, I don't like how 75, he just loses the block right away. Instead of like, I don't mind if they throw the sink. And that's what we call it when he pushes out. But I'd rather him do it later after he loses the block. Like he never tries to get to the place of number. He just lazily falls backside. Okay. And that's really what like the front side of inside zone should look like. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Here, I'll get you some different formations so I'm not just running the same thing all the time. Yeah, because me learning wide zone, it was just the same terminology. So that's why I was being dumb. Like, oh. Because I had to dive into it big this offseason. So now we get the 4-2 box. And now these guys are taking to their combo. Like here, this, this, this guard is wrong, or tackle is wrong. They should be coming up. Because they add on to the count in the 4-2. And he sees it late. That's why he gets tripped up. He's like, oh, shit. I'm trying to get you a different box here. Problem is, if we go F5B, we can get this forum box. So we take advantage of it. Like here, this is our uh, NFL left tackle. He gets the play side number. He fights, but it allows him to really create the movement play side um, to get off that point. Where, on the other hand, if you look at our inside zone, that's more of like a push. But and we have we have regular like five person. I don't like it as much, but we've ran a lot with a lot of success. So now we're trying to create movement here, here, and then win this block. Now on we that, teach us oh, scooch on the backside, but these are all my three, my freshmen are out here rolling right now. And then they all like, we're a man zone team. Okay. So like, you can see like here, the center knows he's got to carry back. He's bent up the waist. So he does it slowly, but the right guard doesn't even worry about it. 
like here, this guy works. So he's like, okay, we'll force that as part of the push side when we get moving away. And then you'll see him try to seal this off. And now we've split that lane. Okay. I don't know. Does that answer your question? I felt bad. I didn't really. No, it does. I was, like I said, the, the terminology was similar to what I've dove into all summer or all off season. So I was putting two, two together, but that makes sense. And then I was going to ask, like, so I tried to do the uncovered, uncovered stuff with our kids, but they were young last year. So like for me last year, it was, if we're going inside zone left and he's head up or left, you're covered. We don't, don't look back unless they ask you for help, if that made sense. Like, if you were uncovered, mm-hmm. the center, if you're the guard, says, hey, we, we need a double right here. I was yeah. I was cool with it. But then what would happen was they got confused. Like, well, he didn't call anything. I wasn't supposed to block here and this and that. So this year I have to do where it's like head up, shade, shade, you're covered. So, like, if yeah. it's backside shade, he's covered. So we have to get him. Now, if he's in the gap, you're uncovered. Yeah, so let me do this here for you. I get what you're saying. So we what we do is, like, I define it for these guys as this. Head up covered directly over line, and then they have their rules off head up covered. And then we talk about play side covered, backside covered, and then uncovered are the four things that falls into. So it's not like, so it doesn't get all confusing, but there's really the four options. The guy's either head up, right? your covered play side, all right. Okay. If you're if if you if he's head up, you're gonna try to force yourself to be backside covered. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he is so head up, I want to force myself to be backside covered because I know I got somebody coming with me. All right. If I'm play side covered, I'm winning the block. If I'm backside covered, now I'm low delivering eyes to backer. And if I'm uncovered, now I'm three step attached to hip. Right. Yeah. Yeah, last year was for me personally it was that would have been uncovered. There's a backside shade, you're uncovered because that's not the way we're going. Yeah. Unless they ask for help. That was my whole thing. Yeah. But, and then our lower levels just to know who to block because they were like, Well, if we're going to the right, but he's on my inside shade here, you're telling mm-hmm. me I'm uncovered. And I said, Yeah, so we're knifing technique, center takes over, boom. So this year I have to tell them, you know, if that happens, you're covered technically. And my hope is for overcompensating that, that it becomes a double team vertically, if that makes sense. That's what I have to do. Yeah. But then, like, wide zone, they tell you, no, you're uncovered if he's backside shape because you have to get farther wider. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, so I was doing it right. I was just doing it for the different play. Like, I was doing it right. It was just the wrong play. Yeah. Because when we when I first learned inside zone like everybody else, it was take a step that way and go. Like you didn't care about anything else. And we used to do that way too. And it's just the hard part is it. And the fact of the matter is, and I tell people this all the time, if a kid is 6'4", 300 and super athletic, he wants to play deep tackle. Right. And, and, and there's spots for him. Like we are outmanned up front a lot of times offensively than we are versus behind him. Like say what you want, Aaron Donald would be a hell of an interior lineman. Yes. You know, so – the, the fact of the matter is, like, I think it's really, really tough. If you think you're going to go swim with the big boys, trying to keep just run on a track. Like, so that's why I've really switched to, like, we have identifications. We mark everybody, even as a tempo team, we have we mark everybody up. Now, we have chaos calls, we call it. Like, so because we play so fast, if people aren't lined up, we have basically, they're called camp rules, chaos rules, where it's truly, even our gap scheme has it, like, true gap rules. Um, our protections has it. So, and, and that's like one of our center calls. They'll make a box call, or if it's like just if they're subbing, not lined up, chaos. Mm-hmm. And then they follow through. And that's how like I install with our freshmen. So at least like the right guard pulls in power, like, and you know, and then build off of what, everything else. Right. So, yeah. Sometimes I have to describe inside zone as like a gap too. Like we're protecting the gap. Mm-hmm. So, because that's what happened at a school I was at up here. We went 9-0 and that year because we switched it. When I got there, they were doing inside zone, always stepping right or left. And he goes, what about double teaming? So we double teamed it, and it worked beautifully. So we were like, okay, no, that's where I got that those rules. And so I brought mm-hmm. them over to the next school I was at, and they did it. Then the school I'm at now, they didn't talk about it that way. So I said, well, this is how I'm going to do yep. it. 
So what started happening was you're dealing with sophomores playing varsity, and they're if there's a guy back here, they're down blocking really hard. Well, then that opens up a lane for the linebacker to come through and all that stuff. So that's why I have to change it. I had to say, like, we're protecting this gap. You realize that. Yeah. Like, even though there might be a guy here, our eyes have to be at this gap because he'll just fly through. Well, I think it's something I talk to our coordinator about all the time. Like, as high school coaches, ones that major in zone or run zone even, hats off. Like, the amount of time that we spend on zone – the amount of time that goes into zone per yard that we gain in games is infinitely more than any of our gap schemes. Um, now, I think they're important at our level union, but our kids spend, we spend a ton of time mm-hmm. like teaching power. Okay. Block down, have your eyes in the backside gap. Like, right. It is pretty remedial. Right. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot. Um, but there is a lot to zone because you're asking people to make decisions and differentiate, different, differentiate. I got you. Uh, yeah. It's my fault. When things go wrong, I'm going to sit there and say it's my fault. Yeah, I could sit here and say the kids were doing this or that, but I realized, like, hey, this is what they're doing, so how do I fix it? Well, we're going to talk about protecting the gap, even though it's not true zone when you talk about protecting the gap. And then they wanted to run power. And I said, cool, power's gap down backer. We're moving on. Like, how you doing moving on? It's just gap down backer. Yeah. We're just down blocking or getting to that backer. So much easier. You made a great point. You can blame the kids all you want. But, like, the kids aren't the ones getting fired. <clears throat> no, like, I, I could sit here and our head coach always says, tell me what they can do, what they can't do, which then we get in arguments. Because I'm like, well, I have to tell you what they can't do in order to tell you what they can do. So I kind of – you know, we, we butt heads a little bit, not in a mean way, but he's like, no, 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 tell me what they can do, not what they can't do. And I said, I have to tell you what they can't before I get to that point. <laughs> so like last year I said, well, Hey, this is what they're doing. Yeah. It's not what I want. I can get mad at them. But then in the off season, if I don't fix it, then it's on me. Yeah. You're the problem. Then. Right. Because like I'm the old line run game coordinator. So I have to put it all together. So when something doesn't work, it's on me. And I can sit there and say, well, we're not, this, 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 or this. So how do I cater to what they, what, what, what can we do to fix it? So this, this summer, like you said, this summer, all I'm doing is zone stuff. And then at the end, I'll get into more gap scheme with them. But like you mm-hmm. said, a lot of time has to be put into realizing when they're uncovered, covered, what's happening here for high school kids. Like, well, the, I think college kids too. The thing that zone does is zone teaches you base run fundamentals and it teaches your eyes. So it carries over to gap scheme so much quicker with less rules. Mm-hmm. But even if you just did gap scheme, it doesn't make it like now you're teaching all those things that you have with gap scheme in the gap scheme portion of it. It's not like, okay, just run gap scheme because it's easier. Gap scheme is easier if you run zone well. If your kids know the rules of zone because they carry over so easily. Now we're not like one of like, you know, I'm, uh, had some time, like know some people at the University of Ohio who actually like do zone combos for their gap combos. We don't go that far with it. We actually have gap combos, but um, you know, the eye training of it is, you know, like I always tell guys, man, you can be the worst athlete in the world. You can control your eyes. Like uh-huh. be disciplined enough to have your eyes where I tell you to have your eyes and you can be pretty successful. Right. Um, I'm also changing. I added the scooch to get to the double team this year. Yep. Um, Coach That's R- tough. It is. We do it. Um, and, and I got it from Coach Rudolph, too. Um, but I keep going back and forth on it. Like, I love our kids. They're good at it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. But, it, like, the kids that are not, like, great at it, that, like, if their feet don't land right, man, they kind of get their face blown off. <laughs> Yes, um, <laughs> that is true. And and again, I'm probably one of the dumbest O line coaches you will ever meet because la- I was I'm big on skip pulling for power, and so I was skip teach him skip pull skip pull. And then when I talked to Coach Rudolph about this the scooch, I was like, how can I sell this to the kids where they're not shuffling or clicking their feet together? And I said, oh, I'm going to tell them it's like half of a skip pull. And they said, well, what does that mean? I said, I'm still bringing this foot back. But instead of bringing it all the way back, we're going to step here and go. Like, we're going to do it quick. And some kids, it clicked. And then some were just so asphyxiated on the skip pole because I drilled into their brains, they would skip pole sometimes. And I'm like, well, this ain't working. And so then this year for power, 
I may not skip pull. I may go to the, the sickle or the shuffle instead. And so that way they focus more on the actual scooch technique. So we skip pull or shuffle, and I taught the same way because I, I cross-train everybody. Mm-hmm. But, like, most – our two really good tackles never cross-train. It's like, <clears throat> hey, left tackle, like, we're not going to put you somewhere else. Right. Where everybody else, like, we'll fill holes. Like, we'll move our center to left tackle and get our best five out there. But, like, that guy really never moves. Um, but, you know, to me, it's it's strength, too. It's timing. It's such a timing of they know, like, a feel. And it's hard to drill because you're not getting the speed it's hard to drill the timing of the angle that you need to take because like coach Rio, like he says, well, don't, you can't lose ground. I think there's some teams that you play. If you don't lose ground and you have the vertical splits that he talks about, mm-hmm. you're going to get split. Um, and so there's, and I don't tell them to, but they know how to cheat that a little bit. They just kind of one of the things they do naturally. And, and that's helped us out a little bit. Like, really the feel for it. So we've gotten good at it. So I'm not going to change it now, but it was, there's some growing pains and you watch my younger guys like, man, it, they'll get just, it's like the one time you're like, man, we look like a bunch of softies. <laughs> uh, we're just getting our doors blown off. Like it looks like they're like literally drowning in the pool with the defensive lineman's face in their chest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get frustrated. They're like, this sucks. Like, yeah. this, like at first, they, they like it now, but at first like this blows, like I'm just getting my, you just have me do this, and the deep tackle is just crushing me. So, yeah i I have a guy we converted to a guard, so he's athletic, and believe it or not, he's like the only one that can really do it. Because man, as quickly as his feet moves, puts it in the ground, and gets vertical, he gets right into their hip and drives. And that's the thing: like, how fast can they transition? If right. they can't transition, soon as that step hits to get their that really that fourth step vertical, poof. Yeah, and then we have some kids that are tall, so they stand up. I have yes. one, not all of them. I have when I say I have like two that are like tall, but like they'll just shoot up, and I'm like, no, and that's where I that's where I come from, and go, do I even want to do this anymore? Because they're not like that's making them stand up yeah. when they do it. You know, my guards mm-hmm. don't stand up; it's my tackles. Yeah, and our shortest offensive starting out alignment six five and a half. So like when you start. We do ours in the shoots. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I was like, this is just like pissing in the wind if you don't do that. <laughs> right. Like, so that's like we started when we wrap it, like the footwork stuff. It's a big thing. I have them do a lot in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, when freshmen come in, I let them like dabble in it. But, like, the scout, like, the, the defensive guys don't want them to do it on scout team. And, like, our scout teams ran off of our offense. Basically, they find, find like, like plays, just tell the guys go. But I like they don't scooch because it's like you're when you're when you're outmatched, that's a tough block. That that is a really hard block if you're if you're physically outmatched. Right. Uh, if you're not, if you if you outmatch that person, it can be pretty freaking cool. Yeah, and I use it to to overtake a double team. This is the way I'm trying to sell it too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're asking this guy for help if we have that shade or whatever for a double team. And I'm telling you, if you're far away, that's how we're – like, I, I just have to sell it. Like, this is how you're going to get to him quick. You're getting to his hip. This guy's going to explode into him with his shoulder and stuff, and we move on. So hopefully that helps mm-hmm. you. But you said if you get one – I've already seen it this summer doing it again. Because I tried to do it last year as the season started. I didn't even do it last summer. It was the season and get into the season talking to Coach Rudolph. I was like – he told me, he said, don't do it. He's like, wait till next year. It's and expensive, man. It is. He goes, don't do it till next summer. Well, being an impatient person that I am, I'm getting into – the season, I go, nope, doing it now. And it was a dumb mistake. I learned very quickly. That was dumb. So we just hired the um, Ron Crook, who's the tight ends coach here, was the O-line coach at Cincinnati when they went to the playoffs this past year. Really good O-line coach. Really smart. And he's like, man, I see you guys scooch. I've never liked it, but you've got enough invested to it. Like, I think you should keep it. Like, it's, it's pretty good. He's like, I've never done it just because – like I never wanted to take the investment on it, so yeah. So I, I'm using it to help my guys get as quickly as possible to the point of attack, and you know that's what it's for. And I, I'm selling it to them, and I'm 
making them feel good about themselves. Like I said, I have a guard that's very athletic because he's also going to play – he's middle linebacker type, so that's the type of guard I have. The rest of them are all linemen. And I'm mm. trying to tell them – I'm trying to help you guys be athletic. We don't have to look like it, but we can be athletic. So we have to run. We have to move and run, and that's how I sell it. Now it's just getting them to know when to do it. Like you mm. don't load step here. Now you scooch when it's far away. So I have to quiz them every day, like when we're out there. All right, what technique are you about to use here? Load step? I'm like, no, scooch. Like, he's, Why would you load step when he is a whole gap away from you? So I, when you said scooch, I was like, oh, he must have got from Coach Rudolph because I had not talked about it till I had talked to him. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of our stuff that we do is from him. I, I think that guy, he is uh, – now they're way more – like we don't teach our inside zone like they do at all. Um, but we're way more, uh, a lot of our run and pass for fundamentals come from what you know. So, yeah, that's my next thing. I'm tweaking. See, I came in as the asshole I am, and I'm changing everything as soon as I get there. It was a new, the head coach got hired, he was already on staff, and I'm coming in, and they're like, This because COVID again, kind of, if you were a new coaching staff when COVID hit, there was no way that you were, yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't recover because you couldn't. You didn't have the prior relationships to keep guys doing stuff. Right. So when I got there, he some guys that already coached there before were on staff, so they just kind of did what they did before. The only thing they tweaked was the defense because the head coach is a defensive guy. He goes, "We're going to tweak the defense, offense." They just did what they did. And I said, "Okay." And then last summer, since everything was back to normal, we tried to have a normal off season, and I started to tweak it. And I continue to tweak it. But I'm the jerk coming and changing everything. Every day I come in and I say, let's change it. We got to do this. We got to do this. Um, but that's just, yeah. Um, so with the mid zone, will you do option out of it or just straight up hand the ball off? We do speed option, not this, though. Okay. Um, like our speed option uh, we talk about it all the time we practice it in uh, critical situations on saturdays mm-hmm. uh, so that's when we practice it but it's really zone opposite we pitched out there it's like a glorified razor screen for us um, and we've had really good luck with it yeah we, we we just did power read to get out there okay and we used to do that um to me, the re guy always chases it down for like four yards. So I get frustrated. Like I love getting the tackle up there and and letting him take out that first backer. Yeah. Um school I was at, we would do that with inside zone. You could run inside okay. zone the opposite, arc release the back way. That's what we do. That that's exactly what we did. Not now, but we did it at another school was yeah. we would do that. Yeah, and then we call it jab replace. Replace your butt with the de- defensive lineman's butt to arc up and get the backer. Is like the easiest way to steal yards. There's like zero install. Like even if we accidentally cut the three technique loose, who cares? He like squeezes down like he's getting red and he's never back into play. Like some of the boxes look terrible. It's like, okay, if your receivers can block their DBs, you get yards. And the quarterback never has to keep the ball because nobody sees enough option to like – nobody's going to spend – you know, I, I coach Division II um, outside backers, like, and they're true DN outside backer types. And you face enough option back in the, you know, early 2010s in the Division II level where you taught kids how to feather the pitch. Yep. Um, that's a hell of an investment on the defense side of the ball and nobody runs option anymore. Right. So, like, it's like they just attack the guy with the ball, you pitch it out there, and mm-hmm. the quarterback doesn't get hit. So... We did that, and then we would just do bash with it. We would just run bash with it, but we still arc release that tackle. So quarterback can run behind everybody else. You hand it off. Then we started adding a wing to it, and they both arc released. So now linebacker's flowing over. He's flowing over. And then if we really wanted to, run wham off of it. If they are being really aggressive, sitting there to have the wing just hit him. Like, again, we were 9-0 for a reason at one school we were at. We could just draw something in the dirt and be like, yep, go do this with with those type of kids. But that was my favorite. One of my favorite plays was running that arc release back. Quarterback can keep it or go. It was one of yep. my favorites. And then if that linebacker wanted to fly in, you just ran us. We would just call a snag route right behind him. Mm-hmm. Coach Steve, um, I'm gonna have to let you go because I got to take care of this with yep. my phone. Is there 
I am more than willing to pop back up on here next week. If you have time, if you want to, if you're like, this sucked, no way, that's fine too. Um, I'm free the entire next week. If you want to do it later, we can. If you want to do a different time later, we can. I enjoyed it. But like I said, this is with three weeks going into the season, we got to make sure that we have this buttoned up. Nope. You guys are busy. I appreciate it. You can hop back on anytime you feel like it. You just send me a message and we'll make it happen. Um, so I enjoyed it. Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. It was awesome. It. No, yeah, I appreciate like I said, it. I look forward to future times. So, Yep. Well, I appreciate it. I'll hop back on anytime. Uh, guys, go follow Coach. Uh, I didn't even get into the hippo stuff. That's what we'll talk about next time is telling me about the hippo, hippo culture. Okay. Next All right, time. we will do, we will do the hippo culture. So we will, uh, yeah. You can follow me at Coach Prevost, um, and you'll see it, see enough hippo stuff on my Twitter page to um, go wild. You can see the giant hippo above my above my right shoulder here behind me. <laughs> uh, but this this office, like I have I have probably twelve hungry hippo games. People give them to me because they think it's like a cool creative idea, which it is. It's really sweet, but it's like the I. There's only so many, right? You know, all this like, but like we have, we've gotten into people have like made us golf balls and t-shirts. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, so it, it's uh, it's getting a little out of hand, but um, <laughs> our guys like it, so we, we roll with it. But uh, yeah, we'll de- I'd love definitely love to talk about that and then building that up. And I, you know, got a great group of guys, and um, you know, it was fun to talk ball ever since we just started the simple thing. A lot of times. Uh, that's the only thing people want to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so it's kind of nice to talk ball a little bit, but um, since you're gracious enough to talk ball with me, I'll be happy to share the hippos with you. Absolutely. We'll get you back on anytime you can discuss hippos with me um, because we're O-linemen. So I'll talk about anything O-line. If, it, if it, right. it's about it, that's what I am. That's, that's fantastic. So, well, coach, I look forward to future times. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh.